This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, created because, through no fault of your own, you've become one. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and I know how it feels when you're getting ground down by people issues, constantly firefighting and wondering how on earth you ended up here. In each episode, I invite a guest to discuss a topic and give you three, sometimes more, top tips that will help you in your leadership role. They are experts in the field and you'll find out why they do what they do and what took them down that path. For more resources to help you on your leadership journey, check out thereluctantleader.academy where you'll find details of how to join the Reluctant Leader success path. So let's see who's in the hot seat this week. Today I'm talking to Philippa Constable. Philippa has years of experience and research into how people can get the best out of business networking. Having been a member of business development schemes and networking organisations herself, she wanted more than what was on offer. She developed a format that's proved successful for hundreds of men and women, whether in business for the first time or with years of experience. Philippa has successfully written and run her own workshops and training in business networking skills, teaching business owners and managers how to network with authenticity and get great results. She believes that most people don't understand what real networking is truly about and is on a mission to educate people on how to network effectively. Hope you enjoy this chat we had about real networking and I'll catch you all on the other side. Philippa, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Uh, hello, Mark. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I've been looking forward to this as um, I've been part of your network for some time and I'm a big fan. Um, but before we get into that nitty gritty and talk about what we're going to talk about, which is networking, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody, and that is... Why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down this path? So, um, interestingly, why do I do what I do? Because I didn't set out to become the leader of uh, a business networking organisation. I kind of did do it by accident. But um, I'll tell you a bit more about the pivotal moment because I think that will explain that bit really. Um, I was networking um, back in 2015, uh, sorry, no, 2005, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> 14 years ago now, a long time, um, for a business that I bought, which was a franchise business. And when I bought the business, it literally had zero clients and I needed to get out there and network and build up that business from scratch. So I was introduced to networking and spent a couple of years um, building that business and 80% of my business came and clients came through my networking. But I wasn't really enjoying the networking. I did it and I actually saw it as a bit of a necessary evil and it wasn't something that I looked forward to. And there were elements of the networking that I was doing that I, I disliked. And it was over a lunch with a friend and we were chatting and uh, if I'm honest, we were having a good old whinge <laughs> about all our networking and what we didn't like. Um, and then we talked about what we would do differently, what we would like to see happen in a meeting, how we felt um, networking could or should work. Um, and the, then my friend Hermana said to me, well, let's do it. And I was the one that was resisting, to be honest. I said, well, you've got to be joking. I haven't got time for this. I'm running my business. And anyway, she persuaded me. And we had our very first women's meeting in Western Supermare um, in 2005 and invited everybody we knew. And 45 people turned up 
at our first meeting. So we just thought, oh, wow, you know, we, so there's something here. Um, and so we ran another meeting and then before we knew it, we were running them regularly. So we decided to formulate, formulate Women Mean Biz and it just started from there, um, from humble beginnings, from one little group, um, which was so interesting but obviously what we were doing was what people wanted so that was a pivotal moment that sort of took me on the path and now I've then eventually sold that franchise business because a few years later I found myself spending more time working within the network that we started to grow than I was on my own business because I absolutely loved getting to know the individual people in the network and seeing them develop, seeing them flourish and grow and being able to help them on that journey and support them. And I found it a really inspirational place. I found myself um, and I get inspired by others. I get inspired by their stories, by why they do what they do. Um, and I feel I'm in such a fantastic position um, surrounding myself with all these amazing women and now men and women with we mean biz um on their own individual business journeys and and that's kind of why i do what i do just because i'm so inspired by the people that i interact with mm. that's, a, that's a really really good story and and, and and you hear that quite often don't you people set out to do something and actually because something happens to them and they actually get inspired by something suddenly realize actually this is what i should be doing and and yeah. it's great to hear your story is, is similar to that so you, um, you, you mentioned that you were having a bit of a moan before you started your networking about how networking wasn't really working for you, what you didn't enjoy about it. So what, what were those things that you didn't particularly like and how have you addressed them and how you set up um, uh, how, how your yeah. networks work? So um, the first thing I, I felt in the network that I was part of was that um, it felt quite forced in many ways um, and there were a lot of rules. And one of the things I recognised in myself is when I went into business for myself as an entrepreneur, I'd left the corporate world behind and I wanted, I'm quite creative and I wanted to make up my own decisions in, and I was in charge of my own destiny. Um, and so then to go networking in an environment where I was being told what to do uh, all the time and had to tick a lot of boxes, kind of felt it, there was a jar there for me and I didn't feel that the relationship building was as genuine um, as I would have liked it to have been. So that, that was one of the things. Um, the other thing I found that was, net, I was a, um, a mother of two quite small children at the time. No, they're now grown up and, and left, the, left the nest. But, um, but back then, and the, all the networking was at breakfast time. Um, and for two years, my parents looked after my kids in the mornings um, and I was networking every single week. So it's quite a commitment for them to help support me. And I felt very fortunate that I had them there to, to help me. But um, there came a day when my dad turned around and said to me, um, you know, Philly, how, how much longer are you doing this networking thing for? Because, um, you know, it was quite a big commitment for them, taking my kids to school every single week. And they would go and stay the night before. So there's a lot of preparation each week to, to get me out there networking. Um, and I kind of felt, well, my, my time is running out, you know, the goodwill was there, but, you know, it was a big ask. So there wasn't anything at lunchtime. And I just thought, well, networking is part of working on your business. Why should this not be built into your day? Um, and so 
that was the other thing. I just thought there's nothing out there at lunchtime. So there must be other people like me who are going to find it difficult to go to a breakfast meeting. So immediately there's a lot of people that are actually locked out of actually being able to go networking. So that was another thing. And then there were other things that I also noticed and I just thought, you know, this is not for me. I, I, I want to find something that was much more authentic. Um, and um, you know, hopefully that's what we have created now in WMB. But yeah, there's a couple of examples for you. I, I, I think what you've created is is, is uh, unique. And, and, and I was um, actually, the first time I encountered your network was, was when you had Women Mean Biz. And at the time I was looking for opportunities to speak. And um, yeah. for some reason, I don't know why, it just popped up somewhere that you were looking at the time. And I think it was on Twitter and I just replied. Uh, thinking, yeah. I don't know whether they have male male speakers, and luckily you did, and, and that was my first experience. And I, I must admit, the first time I went to the meeting, I thought I really like this format. This is really, really comfortable. It feels really nice. But unfortunately, at the time, um, I, you know, I didn't fit in because I was a woman. I, I wasn't a woman because obviously you didn't have. <laughs> you only had the one network. Um, so I was really pleased when you start started the We Mean Biz um, yeah. network as well. So one of the things yeah. I was going to ask you. Um, was do you see a difference in, in the way that women and men tend to network? Is, is, there, is there something that stands out particularly about the way that each sort of sex does, does that? Yeah, I think there's a very, very subtle difference um, mm. between the two. Um, my observations are uh, I think men are very deliberate when they make a decision to network. For them, it, it is generally really important that they see tangible tangible outcomes and they measure that their return on their investment by the uh, referrals they receive, introductions and things like that. Mm. Women, when they go networking, I think look at a slightly different picture, um, possibly a slightly wider picture in that they're looking for support and they see that and value that equally as much as they do the introductions and referrals. Because um, I, I think that they look for the relationship um, first and foremost, whereas I think for men, I think they realise the relationship's important, but that's not necessarily at the top of their list. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you agree does, with actually. that, Mark, being a guy or not? <laughs> yes, no, I, I think that's spot on. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the reasons why I liked the way you set up Women Mean Biz was obviously because of that, because you had that, you know, you knew what women want from network. But and I think what you've successfully done is actually brought that ethos into, you know, that mixed world, which is, which is great. Because sometimes when you bring in a concept from one to the other, actually, it doesn't actually, um, you know, fit in sometimes. It doesn't really work, but you managed to do that. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Uh, so I, I think before we carry on, it'd be a good idea just, just to run through the format. Um, you've mentioned it's at lunchtime, but what, are, what are other elements um, have you built in that are really important? Yeah, so um, was that, what was the, or what, can you just repeat the question? Is it what well, are the is, is elements the, of the actual meeting? Yes, or that's right. How, how's, what's yeah, the, the, what's the makeup itself. of the meeting? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, we have a first half an hour when people arrive at 12 o'clock and they mingle, um, they can grab a tea or coffee, but it's an opportunity to catch up with your fellow members and meet the guests and speak to the speaker and, and generally um, sort of freely uh, um, 
you know, mingle and, and chat. We then sit down at 12.30 and then the next hour and a half is a structured, it's like a boardroom star meeting, as you know, um, but for the benefit of our listeners. Um, the first half, uh, the next half an hour is the one minute round. So that's the opportunity for everyone to introduce themselves and um, talk about what help they're looking for. Uh, or referrals they might be seeking. Um, the second part of the meeting, uh, we have three, two speakers. Uh, a member will talk about their business for 10 minutes, um, and that's what we call member of the month slot. And for the group to really focus on that member, to understand their business in more depth, and explore and find ways in which they can support that member, in particular that month. Um, so that's a great slot. But in that slot, we encourage our members to really share a lot about their story, their journey, what things do they do when they're not at work, because it's all about people. Mm. Um, we then have a business surgery, and that's where uh, a roundtable discussion takes place. Um, somebody in the room may have a challenge um, or a problem or uh, something you know that's going on in their business. They could do with some outside advice or help or just do some brainstorming around um so it's called the business surgery because we're putting it out on the table to see if we can sort of find a solution um at least share our experiences somebody in the room may well have actually had the same issue themselves um and that's really powerful and we found some really great outcomes from that and conversations that have taken place and um, we often find that you know, it's very easy to pretend everything's great in business. And I'm a big advocate of uh, encouraging and helping people to be open and, and share their vulnerability because very often one person may have a problem they've got in their business. There's someone else sat in the room has got exactly the same problem, um, but maybe too afraid to say anything out loud. And as soon as someone shares something, you know, it's almost like it's amazing the response that we get around the table. Um, mm. and, and the level of support people have for one, one another. Um, so I think it's, for me, the power is, is in showing that vulnerability and just being open and honest about what's going on for yourself because we can't help you unless you share um, that kind of stuff. So that's mm. the business surgery. And then we have a keynote speaker in every meeting, um, and you've been one of our fabulous keynote speakers. Um, but those are people who are in business who have great content and a strong message to share. Um, they've got experience in business, and um, generally the idea is that they're there to inspire and uh, motivate share ideas um, and talk about something that they are particularly passionate about or they have expertise in an area that they can share with the group. The idea is that everybody in the room has some real takeaways, things that they can implement in their business, uh, if nothing else, stir up some ideas for them um, and, um, you know, come away sort of feeling that they've actually got some real value out of the meeting as well as just the actual networking itself. So um, that's the uh, that section of the meeting. And then at the end, we have a, instead of a referral round, we have what we call a thanks for the biz round. Um, so for us, it's all about gratitude and, and showing that gratitude to others. So it's thanking others for help and support they've received that month, any introductions or referrals they've had. Um, and they can also, you know, publicly sort of say, oh, I'd love to have a one-to-one -one with you, you and you around the room or around the table. Um, and, you know, it helps people's accountability as well doing that. So um, that's the thanks for the biz around. And then we sort of do a bit of a wrap up and, and that's the meeting. Um, but that's not where the networking stops. That's just the, 
you know that's that's the once a month meeting and then as you and you and I know well it's what we do outside of the meeting is what really counts um, and, and that is that's the, that's the I think that's the key thing isn't it um, when we go to the meeting it's only the start of the process in many cases it's actually where you might meet someone for the first time but actually to get to know them yes you've mentioned the um the, te- the men- member slot which is really you know 10 minutes is really important to get to know the person as a person not just about yeah. a business uh, which is which is a great slot but it's also outside the meetings is having meetings that are one-to-ones that you can develop and you know explore uh, and i know one of the big uh, the ethos within your network is about you know building alliances and partnerships and working together is that and that and that, and that seems to be you know flourishing from what, what i see yeah, I mean, I'm really big on collaboration, Mark, and I think yeah. it's absolutely kind of critical. And I think we're stronger working together um, and it's finding ways and exploring and being creative about how can that work? You know, we're both talking to the same target market audience. How could we work closer together? What can we do to support each other's businesses? Um, and if you can formulate something um, that is actually, uh, you know, a partnership structure of some sort or, um, you know, find ways to introduce each other to each other's clients and the, the, that's where the powerful collaboration um, comes about but um, yeah that's mm. that's for me the exciting bit of networking is, is discovering those amazing relationships that can really take to another level yeah and you've you've mentioned the keynote which is about learning from others which is which is a key thing i think we all need to learn how from you know people's stories and how they've uh, developed and what they've you know achieved and and what they do now um but yes. one of the other things that you're quite big on and this comes out in what you call the power groups is actually bringing people together to actually you know almost um develop within a within a special speciality and that's something that you've developed quite well haven't you yeah yeah i mean you know it's so interesting i mean i i I know some networks have this lockout policy where they don't have two people in the same industry in the same Mm. group i actually think that's crazy personally because um i have seen so much business done with two people doing exactly the same thing and the power groups is is just that it is so powerful to put people together who are doing the same thing so we've got a creative marketing media power group one in the legal financial services um and accounting group um in women mean business we have a lot more it's a slightly bigger network at the moment but women business certainly catching up that's for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah we have about six different power groups in women mean business so we've got one for trainers and coaches one for the wedding industry one for people who want to do keynote speaking um health and wellness that's a really large power group um and these these are just fantastic to sort of see uh, people across the network come together um, and it is purely to find collaboration um, and ways they can mm. support each other's businesses. So, yeah. Yeah. And and I think and also the big message here is, is it's not just about networking. It's about actually learning. It's actually learning from others. And you have a way of um, where well, you actually put things on at um, your HQ at, uh, and, and other venues to bring people together uh, to um for workshops and different um specialities where you bring people in just maybe just talk about say social media where they can focus on how they can make the most of that so uh, what, what i feel from network is it's not just about network it's actually learning and developing that's a, a, an important part of, of what you do isn't it yeah i i mean i think what i've recognized is that um people will grow 
they need to grow themselves personally and they need to grow their business. Um, and I think that the networking environment is brilliant from learning from each other, peer-to-peer <laughs> learning in the meetings themselves. But yes, we do workshops because we recognize that for people to be successful, they need to be continually working on their own skills. Um, and, and also, you know, business trends are changing all the time and keeping on top of everything like social media as a great example, you know, nothing stays still for very long, you know, and how do we as business owners kind of keep on top of that um, and know what's the next thing um, that we need to be sort of sitting up and listening about? And it was the beginning of last year, obviously GDPR, that was a big thing. Um, uh, tax going digital is another big thing. There's always something that as business owners, we need to, um, you know, con- consistently be looking at um, and making sure that we understand all the implications of these, these, um, these things that happen. Um, that will affect our business. So, I mean, that's part of what we do is actually helping uh, business owners um, get a grip with that sort of thing as well as, you know, personally develop because if they spend time on themselves, um, then they have a much better chance of being successful and making more money, which is what we all would like to see. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. And that's, that's a good lady, actually. I was going to ask you about the consistency um, of making sure that you do it regularly because one of the things that I notice is that people sort of turn up um, and then you don't see them again and then they might turn up again and then you don't see them again. And that really, um, as far as networking, it's not really effective, is it? I, I know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, that, that you're going to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, unfortunately, um, I think it's a learning curve for some people. I don't think they just yeah. understand quite what it is to start with. So when you first start out, you're probably not quite sure what mm. it's about. Um, and I think, you know, eventually sometimes the, the penny drops, sometimes it doesn't. When you get some people that are sent out to network for their company, so they're representing their business. And when I when I speak to, because to, as you know, I, I try and speak to everybody that comes to our network um, to follow up with everyone. But um, the biggest thing I get is that their company won't support them with paying for a membership, but they send them out to network and they're allowed to go networking. They can network anywhere they like, but they won't pay for anything. And I just feel that's so short-sighted because they're just splashing around in the shallows and they're not really building relationships. Mm. Um, They're going to lots of networking events, but I um, I personally don't feel that is the best strategy, best way forward. You might be lucky and by chance happen to meet somebody who happens to be looking for what you do in that moment in time. But I mean, that is quite rare and um, you know, great if that happens but yeah you're relying on luck with that whereas this is much more about you know building deep relationships with people over a long long period of time so that you're not just looking to do business with the people that you meet in the room you're tapping into their network uh, and the clients and the people that they know and it's all about connecting others with your own your database of people that you're connected to Um, and that's where the where the most valuable introductions can come from um, and I would yeah. never really introduce somebody um, that I've only just met once or twice in that sort of scenario. Just It just doesn't work for me at all. Um, no, I mean, you're taking a big risk, aren't you? If you do that and you've only met them a couple of times, then you don't really get to know them in that time uh, unless you spent an awful lot of time with them, that is. But, I mean, what you described there is, is, is typical, like when someone's been sent out from a large organisation, it's almost just like a tick box exercise, isn't it? You know, yeah. you've, gone, you've gone networking, you've come back. How did you get on? Did you find any clients? 
and it's almost like yes or no. Oh, well, okay. Well, maybe that's not the right network for us. Then we'll try somewhere else. And that and that that's the way I I see so many um, um, sort of um, you know having no particular structure. Uh, and it doesn't it doesn't work. I'm sure it doesn't work unless, like you say, unless they're very lucky mm. on the first time you walk in and there's this, the ideal person that wants yeah. what you want. Um, well, they, they may think it works, but they've got nothing to compare it to, Mark. So yeah. they've, unless they've actually done networking in the proper sense, then they, they, they really don't know what they're missing out. But, um, mm. I mean, the other thing is um, uh, some people just don't get that it takes time. So I sometimes have found people that have networked for, say, a year, and then they move on to another network and join another network group for a year, and then they might move on to another network group. So they kind of move around. Mm. Um, and again, I think that is, uh, you're in danger of kind of alienating the people who've built the relationships by doing that because you're mm. not showing a really, truly long-term commitment to the whole process of building those deep relationships. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's a mistake that I see as well in some people. And it mm. can take, a year isn't long, actually, and you've got to look much bigger, at the bigger picture um, and I think the best relationships um, happen in year two and then sometimes in year three. And I've got members who admittedly openly admit that they were umming and ahhing about renewing into year two. They did renew. And then 18, six months later, I've said, I'm really glad I did because now I'm building momentum. And now the relationships I built in the first year are really coming to fruition but it's just taken taken time. Yeah, I th and I think the thing that they, the people that aren't really getting success from networking, what they really need to do is actually get some training about how to network. Uh, and I know that's that's something that you you do um, uh, provide that for part of the network and actually encourage people to not just network, but actually um, develop their skills so that they are a better networker, so they can refer better and just ultimately you know get better results. From, from the time yeah. they're spending. Yeah. I mean, there were two reasons why I decided to do networking skills workshops for the mm. network, for everybody that joins and anyone else, actually. It's open mm. to anybody, actually. Um, one was to help them with a real strategy to get the very best results out of the networking. Um, but secondly, was to help with their mindset around networking, mm. which has what create what has created it, the culture that we have within our network. So that when you walk in a room, you get this over overwhelming feeling that everyone is really there to support and help you. Um, and that's quite a hard thing to achieve actually. But it's one comment that most people say about our network is how welcoming and how warm and how open um, and friendly everybody is because we talk um, about how important it is that you walk into the room with and you check what's going on in your mind. And instead of thinking, what's in it for me? It's who can I help today? And it's as simple as that. Who can I help today? And having that uh, ethos and um, that approach uh, positions you in a very different way. Yes, very powerful. Absolutely. I, I, I um, definitely fall for, for um Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> I can get my words out. Um, so, so, yeah, but we're, we're sort of, um, you know, getting the, painting the picture of actually what networking is really about. It's about, you know, networking for a, the fact that you are gaining people that are you are potentially could work with or they might want to work with you. But not only that, you can actually refer people that you know, that you know 
have got to know and you with confidence you can actually say i know this person and they are you know they've got a great reputation and here's their details and it's that's that it's when other people start referring you then you know that you've actually started to you know get your networking right yeah and i think a powerful referral is when you can confidently refer someone and endorse them Mm. and talk about them in a way that that really helps sell them into that person so um you know, I've made mistakes when I prefer people too soon and I've fallen flat on my face with it. So I know how, how it can go very badly wrong if you don't have a, a true understanding of that person and what they can deliver. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's really important to have that trust uh, and that confidence in the person that you're referring that they are going to be going to, they are basically going to not let your client down. They're going to do a fantastic job and your client's going to come back to you and say, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, you know, I know where to come if I need help with anything else. Um, And that's what's important. It's about positioning yourself as someone who's also very connected and people keep coming back to you as well. Yeah. Great. So um, sadly, our time is running out and we've got to that point where, um, you you know, those those magical top tips I'm going to ask for, those top three things that you think are key to anybody that is thinking about or is already networking to get better results from, from what they're doing. Yeah, well, I think I'm just going to, um, I've actually got four, if that's okay, I've added one in here, but um, okay. <laughs> a bonus tip. Um, I think we've, we've talked a lot about this already, but I'm just to reiterate because these are really important. So my top tip number one is networking is all about relationships. Relax, be yourself. Uh, you can only build one relationship at a time. The one-to-ones that you do in between your meetings are absolutely critical. And it's in those meetings that you really get deep and truly understand what somebody else does. But it's not just having one one-to-one. It's if you meet somebody who you really connect with, they're working with the same target market as you, meet with them again and again and again for one-to-one. So it's not just a one-off one-to-one meeting. Does that make sense? So it's one at a time and patience. Keep keep patient and look for the long term. So all about the relationships. Um, second tip, focus on what you can do to help others first. Having the right attitude um, and be a shining example and show others how to be a great networker. And don't worry about what comes back. Because sometimes it comes back from a place that you least expect it. Um, just do and focus on what you can do because you can't control others anyway. Um, uh, I'm a great believer what goes around comes around. Laws of attraction, all of that sort of stuff. Um, uh, and so that's my second tip. Um, the third tip is be consistent, be persistent and be visible. Um, it's no good sort of coming and going and you know just um you've just got to turn up at every meeting um you've got to if you've been trying to have a one-to-one with someone and they're not you know maybe responding just keep going keep persisting um and just keep putting in the work you know it is work networking um and it does take some work um but you know it's no good sitting back and waiting for people to come to you. You're the one that has to make it happen. Um, And the fourth top tip is your message. Be really clear what it is that you do in your 60 seconds. Use a language that's got no jargon. Describe your clients. 
but don't use general terms. Be very specific about your target market audience. What makes you you? What, what makes you unique or different to your competitors? Be clear on your vision and your goals and what help you need. So at the end of your 60 seconds, you can end it with, I'm looking for an introduction to, and then whatever it is you need help with at that moment in time. But make it easy for others to help you. So there's four there. I hope that's Brilliant. okay. <laughs> I'll let you off. I'll let you off. That's for extra value. I was expecting a bit of extra value from you, Philippa. So fantastic. Um, so you're welcome. Th- thank you so much for your time today. I know your time is precious at the moment, as um, uh, lots going on in, in your world. So thank you again. I will hopefully catch catch you networking very soon. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the reluctantleader.academy and if you get a chance please leave a review on whichever platform you have been listening and also share the love by sharing the episode with someone who would benefit. Leadership is a choice. If you have the right mindset, know the process to follow and the key skills to use at each point in the process, you have everything you need to leave a lasting legacy. Don't forget to put into action anything that has struck a chord in this episode and until next time, be the best you can be.